Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. 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 Tavis Smiley in conversation now with uh, R. Damon. Um, you just heard a powerful conversation um, with Yumna Patel of Mondawais. And I want to continue this uh, this dialogue now uh, with uh, uh, R. Damon. Uh, in case you've just tuned in, uh, we've been talking about this uh, Israeli air attack yesterday that uh, hit apartment blocks in a residential area of a very densely populated refugee camp, killing and wounding hundreds. Uh, the director of a nearby hospital said that scores were killed, but at this hour we expect the death toll cont- uh, to rise, given that people are trapped under rubble still. Uh, Israel says it was successful in um, killing Hamas militants, uh, and one Israeli spokesman um, suggested that collateral damage is, well, it's, it's just a part of war. Um, you heard us play the clip of Wolf Blitzer questioning Wolf at uh, CNN questioning uh, this Israeli official yesterday, and it was kind of chilling to hear his sort of uh, flippant response. That's my characterization, sort of flippant response. Well, it's a casualty of war. There's collateral damage. We were going after one guy, and yes, we knew there were tons of other innocent civilians uh, in the area, but these guys hide among civilians, and we did what we felt we needed to do. Uh, And um, there you have it. Collateral damage is just a part of war. So it's clear that this war is creating a disastrous humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Uh, and again, that's the mother of all understatements. Uh, Arma Damon is a former international correspondent for CNN and the president and founder of the International Network for Aid, Relief and Assistance. I want to ask her in a moment about the humanitarian crisis. But given that she spent a couple of decades uh, as a, re- a reporter and working for CNN, uh, where Wolf is employed. Uh, Arma, first of all, welcome to our program. Good to have you on. How are you today? Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. You know, for those of us who are following this really closely, that question of how are you, it's so simple. Yeah. But we can't really answer it. Yeah. No, it's 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 a very good question. That's a very powerful point. Um, I am I am accustomed to saying, as this audience knows, when people ask me, Tavis, how are you? Uh, I, I tell people consistently, and I mean this, I live by this, it's an edict from my life, that if I complained, I'd be, I'd be an ingrate. That's my sentiment, that if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. And that works even in this moment, because with all this happening around yeah. us, uh, if I complained, I'd still be an ingrate. At least I'm not in Palestine getting bombed right about now. Um, but I take your point yeah. that it's hard to answer, how are you? I, 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 I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. Uh, d- let me just ask right quick. Did you hear, um, you, you were at CNN for a couple of decades, reporting for them. Did you hear Wolf's interview yesterday? Did you hear this clip that we played earlier? I did, yes. Okay, yes. I'll, I'll need to play it again then. For those who d- just tuned in, they may have missed it. Uh, but you heard it. So let me just let me start with that. Uh, I want to start with your, your, your former reporter side, and then we'll get to the humanitarian side, the work that you do now. Uh, uh, at the uh, International Network for Aid, Relief, and Assistance. H- how did you process uh, this uh, Israeli official's response to Wolf's question about why they would drop this bomb looking for one guy when they knew there were innocents all around? It was probably the most honest statement we've ever heard from an Israeli official. Mm-hmm. As they say, you know, actions speak louder than words, and Israeli officials can say over and over again, as they have said every single time, that there is some sort of a bombing campaign of Gaza, with this current one being completely unprecedented, about how they take care not to cause civilian casualties. And they're so worried about and saddened by the civilian casualties that happened this time to hear an Israeli official say, actually, do you know what? We knew there were civilians there, and yet 
we made that calculus. We flat out decided that our target, our military strategic gain, was worth all those people that were going to get killed. And here's the crazy thing. You know, there actually is this weird, obscure sort of calculus that does happen in times of war. And I spent 20 years covering this stuff, starting with the 2003 U.S.-led invasion of Iraq. And I've spent a lot of time with the military. Mm -hmm. The Geneva Convention is very vague on this. It says that a strike can happen knowingly that will cause civilian casualties if it is assessed that the military gains will offset those civilian deaths. I mean, who makes that, who, who does mm-hmm. that kind of math? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But along those lines, interestingly, I just heard an interview with Mark Garlasco, who was the former chief of high-value targeting at the Pentagon during the U.S.-led war in Iraq in 2003. You know what their number was to go after Saddam Hussein or other high-value targets? It was 30 civilians. Mm-hmm. But and, and by and by that you mean they they could get away with killing thirty and just justifiably. It was palatable to them. It Got was it. acceptable to them right. to kill thirty civilians mm-hmm. if they were also going to get a high value target in Iraq like Saddam Hussein. Mm. That that's that's chilling. Uh, and again, and I, I know this sort of calculus exists, but to hear you just break that down uh, and to quote this former official is it is chilling that the calculus mm-hmm. is that we can we we can justify killing up to 30 innocent people if we can get a high value target that I mean, how, how you trade 30 lives for one? I, 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 I I'm not naive. I understand the calculus, but uh, how they do it at least. But that that is chilling. I, I can't find another word mm-hmm. um, to hear mm-hmm. that breakdown. You know, the other, the other thing I thought about uh, Arwa yesterday when I saw this when I saw this clip, I, I was the first sort of assessing Wolf, who I've known for years. And again, as I said earlier, Wolf and I are friends. Uh, I think he'd say that if he were here. We've known each other for a long time, done a lot of stuff together. Um, but I, I asked our earlier guest whether she thought in that moment Wolf automatically you know, found just found his found his conscience all of a sudden uh, and 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 went down a brilliant line of questioning as it were, or whether or not CNN is hearing from folk as are the other networks and the government hearing from people about the way they're covering this, and it was intentional for him to do that um, uh, because Israel, I mean as you know Wolf used to live in Israel and 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 was mm-hmm. very much a reporter very popular reporter in, in Israel for years before he came to CNN here stateside so i i wasn't quite sure how that actually happened i was glad it, it went in that direction so we could see that sort of transparency and honesty but the other thing i thought are was was whether or not whether or not this spokesperson will ever see the light of day again and here's what i mean by that my mind went back to George <laughs> W Bush when he was president uh and he basically you know told remember you you're doing a heck of a job brownie uh, the director of FEMA, uh-huh. Michael Brown, uh, they'd left all these black folk to die in New Orleans. They left them on rooftops to die. And Condoleezza Rice was at Saks Fifth Avenue in New York buying shoes at that time. And George Bush eventually did a flyover. But they left all these black folk to die uh, after Hurricane Katrina on rooftops and beyond in New Orleans. And George Bush goes to FEMA and does a tour and tells Michael Brown, the director, you're doing a heck of a job, Brownie. So Brownie gets a pat on the back from the president for letting these Negroes die, these black folk die in New Orleans. I wonder whether or not this spokesperson, when that clip went viral yesterday, 
Does he get applauded by BB and the Israeli establishment, political establishment, or does he get demoted and never sees the light of day again for making such a flippant response? It was an honest response, but many saw it as uh, sort of flippant. What, what's your read on what happens to him as a spokesperson? You know, I mean, one has to hand it to these Israeli spokespeople because, and this is why this was so surprising, because they stay so on message. Yeah, it's like yeah. they have these three lines and it's constantly on repeat, you know? We take care to avoid civilian casualties. Um, we told the civilians to move to the south, never mind that, you know, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, route yeah. for them to take to the south, and they're still getting bombed in the south. Yeah. You know, it's Hamas, it's this, it's that. I mean, I look, I think they can backtrack this actually pretty easily. Okay, tell me how. He tell can me. backtrack it and say, you know, my tone was misunderstood, like, you know, we decry all civilian casualties. We're talking about Israel's national security here, et cetera, et cetera, which in and of itself is a bit of an absurd argument because history will teach us. And I will never understand why we keep repeating the same mistakes of history. But history will teach us that doing exactly what Israel is doing to Gaza right now is the assured way to guarantee that Israel does not stay secure. Yeah. Just look at what happened in Iraq after the U.S.-led invasion and occupation there. It's that, it's that old line, that insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different result. When we come forward with Arwa Damon, uh, the president and founder of the International Network for Aid, Relief, and Assistance, I want to shift gears and talk now not about the politics, uh, not about the media and the way they're covering or not covering this, the way they're uh, Become where they become spokespersons or stenographers, as one of our earlier guests said, uh, for for Israel in this process. But I want to talk about the humanitarian crisis. We'll do that when we come forward on Tavis Smiling. Unapologetically progressive. <laughs> Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. Let's get back to more of Arwa Damon, who is the uh, former international correspondent for CNN and now president and founder of the International Network for Aid, Relief, and Assistance. Um, this humanitarian, let me just, let me just be up front with you, Arwa. This, 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 the, the conversation about the humanitarian crisis is starting to really annoy me. And let me just tell you why, let me tell you why I'm annoyed by it. It's because we can't get a, a genuine and sincere conversation about ceasefire, about de-escalation, but people want to pivot ever so quickly to the humanitarian crisis as if somehow that, you know, is going to distract us. From, from, the, from the real conversation that we ought to be having, and, and I don't want to fall for that banana in the tailpipe, so to speak. Um, but at the same time, uh, I do want to take your, your temperature on this disastrous humanitarian crisis in Gaza and how you're seeing um, what's going on and how you're responding to what's going on. Well, here's the thing, though. Those two are actually quite connected. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you get a ceasefire or a cessation of hostilities, mm -hmm. even for a brief period of time, you can address a chunk of the humanitarian crisis. But right now, humanitarian aid is being used as a part of this whole package of collective punishment with Israel shutting off, you know, water, fuel, electricity, and basically not allowing any, any trucks to go through. Mm -hmm. Look, Rafah right now is getting what, like max? I think max that went through is like 36 trucks a day. Mm -hmm. Gaza during times when it's not under insane bombardment, per day gets four to 500 trucks. So right now, when everyone should be scaling up humanitarian aid, they're getting 7% of what they used to get before. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just to be you know clear with you and, and your listeners, 
So I started my charity in 2015 when I was still at CNN. Mm -hmm. And we focus on looking at sort of the gaps in access to medical and mental health care amongst uh, war-injured children. So we end up taking on the super complicated cases, much like many of the cases that are going to emerge from Gaza now, that take years of surgeries. These kids have the kinds of injuries where one or two surgical interventions, it's not going to be enough. They're going to literally need years of surgery, mm-hmm. not to mention years of mental health. Mm-hmm. And, one and, of uh, our, our, our founding doctors, um, our founding members, Dr. Hassan Abu Sitta, he's been at Shifa Hospital since day two of this. And I mean, the stories he's telling, like, I don't know how he's living through this and not vomiting on a regular basis. Mm. Um, I'm fa- just I'm just because I'm just because I'm fascinated right quick um, watching my time here. CNN allowed you to start this charity while you were still reporting for CNN. Yeah. Yep. And they were extraordinarily supportive. Wow. I, 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 yeah. I, and I, also, I have to say, because I know there's this whole conversation and whatnot. So I've done a ton of reporting from Palestinian territories and from Gaza and obviously all over the Middle East. Sure. I have to say, in my personal experience. I have never once been told what to say or not to say something. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I see that part. And, and, and yet that does not mean that these two things can't coexist. They didn't tell you what to say. And yet the coverage is still imbalanced. Those two things are not uh, they, they can again, they can they can coexist at the same time. I think you and I both agree on that. Um, our remaining moments with Arba Damon when we come forward on Tavis Smile. This is getting good. Tabitha Smiley continues when we come forward. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. More of Tabitha Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. So, Arwa Damon, I've got about uh, four minutes left here. I would call the following, um, again, my assessment. I'd call the following, uh, how would I put it, uh, at best complicated, uh, at, at worst um, hypocrisy. Uh, and that is this notion of the U.S.'s, um, I think, untenable position at the moment of supporting the dropping of bombs and also the handing out of Band-Aids. I mean, it, 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 it's so incongruent, uh, again, to be supporting uh, the dropping of bombs on these people and then giving them Band-Aids the next day. Um, h- how do you read uh, the U.S.'s position in that regard at this moment? I think if only the U.S. were giving them Band-Aids, then maybe they could actually do something with the Band-Aids because there's barely enough of that coming through. You know, yeah. the the doctor who I was just mentioning earlier, the other day they had to do an amputation on a little boy without anesthesia. Oh. Oh. They do not have enough morphine to give to children and adults post-op. So if you ended up in hospital with 50% of your body covered in very, very thick, debilitating burns, you're not getting any morphine. You're going to get paracetamol, which is basically Tylenol. I mean, look, here's the thing. Palestinians and Arabs, actually, or anyone who is non-Western, knows that the U.S. views them as different and as somehow less than. And it's not a huge surprise. And so Palestinians, they know that Israel and the West largely view them as less than and that they've had this view for 75 years. It's absurd. Mm. And Palestinians for decades have had to make the case of, no, we're not less than. Our life is not worth less than yours. Look, the U.S. is fantastic at building up this image of itself. 
and of thinking that it can do one thing, but then if it does something else, it's going to somehow create the smokescreen. I've always compared America to Saddam Hussein's palace. Mm. So before the U.S.-led invasion, you see Saddam Hussein's palace, you know, from the outside, and it's this big, strong, formidable structure, and the crystal chandeliers and the gold-plated, you know, toilet seats. And then you go inside, and you realize that the crystal chandeliers are actually glass, and it's gold paint on top of plastic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a piece uh, this morning, got about 90 seconds here, reading a piece this morning. Uh, to your point about your friend who's a doctor in one of these hospitals, uh, where Gaza doctors are saying that hospitals uh, at this moment have to choose between who lives and who dies amid this worsening humanitarian crisis. So they're not trying to save all lives. They literally, based on the predicament, have to choose who lives today and who dies today. Exactly. They have to triage, basically, but they have to triage with the living. And right now, as we speak, the Shifa and Indonesian hospitals are hours away from shutdown. I mean, they're literally coming out on TV and social media begging civilians to bring whatever fuel they might still have, even if it's just one liter. Gaza's only cancer hospital has shut down. That's it. If you're a cancer patient and you need this treatment to stay alive, it's not available for you anymore. Yep. And yet the U.S. at this moment, at least, has not called for a ceasefire, has not called for any de-escalation. Uh, I will leave it there for the moment. Uh, our Damon is former international correspondent for CNN, president and founder of the International Network for Aid, Relief, and Assistance, which she started while she was still at CNN. Arwa, thank you for your work and witness. Good to have you on the program. All the best to you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. My honor. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. 